You're listening to The Air Attack with BC the Man on HasBeenSports.com. I know Hey, what's up, guys? The Air Attack is brought to you by Fable Label. Come on, anytime there's popularity of a t-shirt with modern, innovative designs allowing you to stand up from the crowd today. If you're not a fan of Fable Label, trust me, you soon will be. In fact, I'm wearing Fable Label right now. So can you. Check them out at FableLabel.com. The shout-out to everybody down at Has Been Sports in Nashville, Tennessee. You can like the show at Facebook.com slash Attack. Follow me on Twitter at BC, a.k.a. The Man, after a week off. Um, with a bunch of stuff we were kind of waiting a while for, Major League Baseball trade deadline, we get the Flakegate, Ronda Rousey kicks someone else's ass. I mean, my God, what an ass-kicking that was. But we'll start, you know, the Major League Baseball stuff, nothing earth-shattering. I feel like the Mets basically played the most prominent role for two reasons. Because they had a trade almost almost done, really, with Carlos Gomez on, was it Thursday night? For Wilmer Flores and I think Zach Wheeler and... You know, words start spreading all around the internet, and everybody knew except for Terry Collins, so Wilmer Flores was still in the game, because technically the trade wasn't done. So no one said anything to Terry Collins about get him out of the game, so Terry Collins kept him in the game, and the kid's out of shortstop crying his eyes out, because he's 23 years old and has played in the Mets organization since he was 16, and people are making fun of him and laughing at him, which, you know what, maybe he was crying on the field, but you know what, he's a human being, and... I'm pretty sure if you're making fun of him, he probably has a cooler job than you do. I'm just going to go out on a limb. Leave the kid alone. And then what happens in sort of you-can't-make-it-up fashion, it turns out he wasn't traded, which is which is ridiculous enough because, you know, talk about a complete, you know, mindfuck. I mean, my goodness. But then the next night he comes up and hits a walk-off home run to the bottom of the 12 to beat Washington in a very big series. And now the Mets do complete a trade for Jonas Cespedes, and probably the biggest trade of them all. I know Cole Hamels with the Rangers, who, you know, seem to have really given up a lot for him, um, which was almost almost weird that he ended up going to Texas as opposed to, you know, the, the Yankees or some of the other people that he was rumored to possibly be headed, places he was possibly, possibly going to be headed to. Um, I found that kind of strange, but I think Cespedes is most significant in terms of what it does for the team he went to. The Mets needed pop. They needed a star. They needed something to give them some kind of hope that, you know what, if they're, you know, starting pitching actually gives them three runs in a game, they can still win. So um, you've got an exciting August and September to look forward to in New York for baseball, no question about it. And, you know, while we're on the subject, I'm a Yankees fan. Yankees fans, can we calm down a little bit? Your team is seven games in front. Okay, the, the fire Cashman and fire Girardi tweets. Can you just knock it off? I know it's social media. I know it gives you a voice, but it doesn't mean you have to use that voice just to hear yourself talk. Every time the Yankees go down one nothing in the first inning, it's fire Girardi, fire Cashman. It's fucking the guys are seven games up, seven games. My God, what what, what more do you want on August first? There's seven games up. Oh, there should be eleven games. Okay, great. You know what? You go run a major league baseball team. You're so fucking smart. The same people that are tweeting when Brett Gardner hits a bloop double in the fifth inning of a spring training game. Enough. You Just be, you know, do me a favor. Just be fans. You're much better at being fans than you are at being, you know, general managers. I promise you that. God. Now, other stuff we were waiting for, you know, Ronda Rousey, who has really grown on me in the last few months. Um, fought a girl named Beth. Was it Beth or Bethe? What the hell her name was? Correa. And they fought, she fought her in Brazil. And which is basically, which, which is where Correa's from. And I didn't realize that in the lead up to the fight, and there's you know, trash talking and whatnot, Beth Correa decided to call her mentally weak. 
and then made a comment about, I hope she doesn't end up killing herself when things start falling apart for her, which was kind of interesting because Ronda Rousey's father killed herself when she was a kid. And Beth Correa came out later and said, I had no idea. I'm really sorry. She was only really sorry, though, when she got all the backlash that she did. And Dana White, president of UFC, said, no, she absolutely knew what she was doing. Absolutely. Then she goes and mouths off to her and gets in her face in the press conference, tells everyone she's going to kick her ass. I don't know why the fuck you would do that to Ronda Rousey, who is so much better at her sport than anybody else's. You know, Ronda Rousey is better at her sport, at least in her division. I'm talking, obviously, I'm talking about women's UFC. Okay, she is she's better compared to the rest of the fighters in her in her class than Tiger Woods ever was better than the golfers that he was that he was playing against. She's that much better than everybody. It's crazy. It's like Babe Ruth. So why would you try to do anything to get her more motivated? Maybe, I mean, not that you'd ever really catch her napping. I don't think you catch a fighter napping. You know, Mike, Mike Tyson, Buster Douglas does come to mind. Ronda Rousey doesn't strike me as someone you're going to catch napping. But why would you bring up something like that to just bring up the anger on top of it? She's a far better fighter. Why would you piss her off on top of it? And 34 seconds later, after uh, the fight starts, Beth Correa is face down in front of her hometown fans. Good for her. Exactly what she fucking deserved. My God. And by the way, she has, a, she has a face and a body that can stop a clock. You know what? There's no need for a woman like that. You're a woman's fighter. You know, present yourself as a fighter, not as a sex symbol, because it's the furthest thing from what you are. Ronda Rousey can pull it off. This girl, no. She's, she's absolutely gross. You know what? Unfortunately for her, there's no title bouts for having a dirty mouth. My God. And I, you know what? It's nothing against Ronda Rousey. It's nothing against UFC. I've actually started to enjoy UFC a lot more over the last year. I'm not paying for one of those fights. I'm not paying all that money for a fight that lasts three rounds, if you're lucky. And with her, you know, UFC's got to really look at this with maybe, you know, looking at it. She's going to be the headliner. you got to really put a really attractive night together because her fights don't go, don't, don't go that long. And you wonder if it's going to start affecting sales. They're not going to do anything about it. I promise you, they won't do anything about it as long as they keep selling the pay-per-view packages. But if those star, if she keeps kicking the shit out of girls the way she is, and the pay-per-view numbers go down as a result of it, they're going to have to figure out a way to couple her with somebody else. In other words, have like two feature matches because, I mean, it's just no one can stay with her. And I know it's a lot of build-up and a lot of drama and stuff. I mean, I would go to a bar and watch, but I'm not going to pay whatever it was. I think it was like 60 bucks. I'm not going to pay that to have it at my home. I'm not doing that. You know, if it's going to be a night out, like the Mayweather fight wasn't the greatest fight in the world, but it was a fun night out, I'll do that. But I'm not going to pay money for that, no. No way. The Hulk Hogan thing, if we're kind of on the, the, the fighting thing, um, the Hulk Hogan thing, I don't have much to say except this. You know, the sex tapes and, and the, the Hulk Hogan's racist comments were made basically, you know, during a, during a sex tape. The sex tape thing, nothing good really ever happens. Okay, when you make a sex tape, unless you're a female who has no soul whatsoever. That's it. Obviously, we, we all know the one that comes to mind. I'm not going to mention her name, but, um, you know, for the guys, it just nothing, nothing really good ever seems to happen. I mean, I know Hulk Hogan's this large and life character, probably didn't think much of it, but he goes off. I mean, he goes off. And, you know, I'm kind of conflicted here because, you know, what he said was, was pretty, you know, was pretty vulgar. But for the WWE to act like they have a social conscience is so laughable. All the, all the, the wrestlers from Hulk Hogan's generation are basically dropping like flies. And, they're, and it's not like they're just getting into, like, industrial accidents or, like, you know, they're, they're in a kayak that flips over. That's not what's happening. You know, they're, they're, their bodies are breaking down. 
You know, remember something. When those guys were doing steroids and everything they were doing, and Roddy Piper just passed away just last week, when those guys were doing all the stuff they were doing back in the 80s, they hadn't perfected it the way they had today. Performance-enhancing drugs were like basically a science experiment on people's bodies. And there's been a bunch of guys from that generation that are, that are no longer here. Way too early. But you know what? Race is the hot topic, so... WWE says, you know what? See you later, Hulk Hogan. Never mind what you've done for us. We're done. Now, again, he shouldn't have said what he said, and it's pretty vulgar, you know? And it's pretty fun. You know, oh, here's Hulk Hogan. Hey, listen, I guess we're all a little racist. Yeah, especially when a black guy wants to date your daughter. Then we'll find out how racist you are. Oh, I love black guys. Hey, listen, one of them wants to take Brooke on a date. What, what are you talking about? Hey, I, I, you want to call it true colors? I, I don't know. And you don't know. When you're just hearing an audio tape, you don't know if the guy's intoxicated. You don't know... You know, you don't, you don't know what's going on. You don't know what the situation is. But it definitely sounds like his voice, and it definitely is a problem for him. You know, do I think do I think it'll be a problem forever? No. I think, I think you know, he'll, he has a publicist. You know, he's used to being the public guy. And I think, you know, he'll deal with it. And, you know, you guys will move on to hitting someone else a lot more pretty soon. You know, you will. Just like the guy, you know, you know Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel went off on, a, on the guy who killed that, the Cecil the Lion. And, you know, he called him the second most hated man in America behind Bill Cosby. And I'm like, what the guy did to the Lion is, I'm not okay with that at all. But the second most hated man in America behind Bill Cosby, didn't the kid just shoot up a church in Charleston a few weeks ago? And now we've already moved past him to a guy who killed the Lion? Are you out of your fucking mind, Jimmy? I know, I, you know, I understand where he's coming from and whatnot, but let's face it. You know, some of these guys, especially comedians or, or guys in the news, will jump on the bandwagon of whatever the public perception is and whatever they think is going to get them the, the best ratings or the most applause, the most oohs and ahs or whatever. Okay, and listen, my, here's my thing with the Cecil line. First of all, how is that even fun? I mean, like, no offense, but I understand the whole, like, you know, tradition of hunting, like, you know, you get up at 4.30 a.m., you get up with your abusive, alcoholic, backwoods father, and you drive somewhere, like, two hours in the wilderness to hunt creatures that can't fight back. I totally get how that's, like, a really cool thing to do. But that's not what this is. I'm being sarcastic, by the way. Okay, that's not what this is. You don't just get up and drive to Zimbabwe. Okay? Who the fuck flies, like, 15 hours to Africa just to kill a lion and fly back? What is, how is that fun? I don't get that. What kind of depraved bastard you have to be? I mean, that's just, that's just absolutely nuts. And number two, it's not like it was free. And it's not for me to tell anybody how to spend their money whatsoever. You spend your money however you want to. The guy's obviously a very wealthy dentist from Minnesota. You can spend your money however the hell you want. But you can find a better way to spend $50,000 because that's what it costs. You don't have any family friends like a sick kid or like a, like a nephew who can't afford to pay for college. This is how you've got to spend your fucking money. That's what I don't understand. And, you know, no matter how rich you are, if this is the kind of shit you have to do, you know what? It doesn't matter how much money you have because you'll never be happy. You can't find something more enjoyable to do with your money than fly to Africa and kill a defenseless animal. And do it the way they did it, too. I mean, that's my third point. This wasn't even hunting. This was rich guy hunting. The guides had to lure the animal out of the national park because you're not allowed to shoot an animal in a park. They had to lure it out with a dead animal. You couldn't even do that on its own. Then they tracked the thing for two days and shot and shine a spotlight on the lion while this mental midget shoots it. Then he decides to cut off the head and pose with it like he's somehow sort of some sort of gladiator who survived in the Colosseum and, and Caesar gave him the thumbs down and he managed to kill a, a lion with a knife or something like that. Like he accomplished something. No, you didn't shoot a lion with a knife. You killed him with a knife. You, cu you killed him with a high-powered rifle from long range. The thing never had a chance. My God. How primal of you. 
Well, you really showed how dominant you were, shooting the guy from a fucking Jeep from, from a couple hundred yards away. That's a joke. You're very dominant. Just the, just, the, just the way someone else is probably going to show you their own dominance. So you go to the prison that you deserve to be in. You know, good luck extraditing him, by the way. I don't think that's really going to happen, but my God. I, and a little footnote to this, too. All you animal lovers out there, and I understand, you know, it's a sensitive thing. It's a very popular lion. However, remember this. That lion would eat you in a second, and it just happened like two months ago. A girl from Westchester went out there to take pictures, and she was on some kind of mission to help lions. Put her window down to get a picture of one that fucking ate her. So before you go totally crazy for Cecil, Cecil would have eaten you. He would have eaten me. Just like when you go to the restaurant for lobster. You know, oh my God, I feel so bad picking him out. He was just alive a couple seconds ago. Yeah, that lobster would eat you in the ocean. He'd have all his friends over. He would kill you. He would eat you in a second. Before you feel that bad for the lines, remember, he would have killed you too. I still think what the guy did was completely fucked up. You got you to gotta, you gotta really take a long look at yourself when you're flying 15 time zones, 16 time zones, whatever it is. Okay, to go kill a defenseless animal, cut its head off, and come back. I'm sorry. And a lot of airlines now have said, you know what, if you want to fly in our airline, that's fine. You're not bringing back hunting trophies. Not those kind of hunting trophies. So you can't bring back, I don't know if elephant tusks were ever in play anyway, but you can't bring, you can't bring back a lion's head or anything of that nature on certain airlines now. You know what? I, I, I can't say I disagree with that. You know what? Find something else more fun to do. You have money, I, I'll help you have fun. Okay, I'll even hang out with you. My God. From, from Minneapolis, you probably get to Las Vegas in two hours in a plane. Look at how much longer it took him to go to Africa. Whatever. I know, I know, you know, my idea of fun might not be your idea of fun, but I promise you, I'm right in this particular case. Going to Vegas is definitely a better idea than going to Africa and killing a fucking lion. My God. And, and now I'm sure that guy wishes he had gone to Vegas. I'm sure. My God. Now, something else we've been waiting for for a while, and finally it comes, Deflategate. And we can finally get on with our lives. Tom Brady is getting his four games, unless a federal judge tells him otherwise. Um, here's the interesting thing. Four games. A few years ago, the NFL started backloading their schedule. And what I mean is, the end of the season, okay, November, especially December, especially, you know, week 16 to 17, you will have a lot of divisional games. The last week of the NFL season is always all divisional games. So it keeps things interesting from a playoff perspective, especially with the four divisions in each conference. Okay, it also does something else. In a situation like this, and it's not like they thought Tom Brady was going to end up getting caught deflating footballs, but with the new personal conduct policy, the standard suspension is usually four games. Tom Brady's getting four games here, just happens. He's only going to miss one division game. It's going to be against the Bills, and the Bills are not going to be a pushover this year either. The Bills, the Bills actually could be, could be pretty good. They may be catching the Bills at the right time before they have a chance to really get things together. Um, but, the, you know, they're only going to miss one division game. And I, I kind of have a feeling that's the hidden beauty and the kind of, like, ulterior motive the NFL has with backloading its schedule. Not only do you get significant games at the end of the season, but when these knuckleheads decide to smoke weed in their car or, like, Sheldon Richardson, he's going to get something now, obviously, on top of the four games he's already serving. Um, you know, because he tested positive for a drug test or, you know, whatever, you know, Kenny Britt, and these guys doing their, you know, Dwayne Bow, any of the off-the-field antics they pull usually happens in the offseason, and usually they serve the suspension at the beginning, so it doesn't really affect the standings that much. The NFL owners are like, yeah, we're all about punishing the guys. That's all well and good, but... But, you know, can I really say, can we really say we wanted to affect the outcome of the standings? You know, do we want to affect the outcome of, of, you know, serious games? There's no question this is going to cost the Patriots a little bit in the standings. At least we think it is. Um, you know, the kid Garoppolo who backs up Tom Brady is supposed to be very good. 
So who knows? It would be kind of ironic because Tom Brady's career started because Drew Bledsoe couldn't play. So he basically broke out as a substitute. And, you know, Matt Castle even got NFL starter money by subbing in for Tom Brady a couple years ago when Tom Brady rolled his knee in game one against the Chiefs. So now this guy Garoppolo or Garoppolo, however you, however you pronounce his name, he gets a chance now for four games to get the, shot, the spotlight shot on him. Maybe he can make something of it. Maybe he doesn't. You know, who knows? But um, very interesting. Now, now. The idea that there is a racial component to this, that the NFL wanted to actually be disciplining a white player, I find that to be completely laughable. I really do. I hope that's not what it was. And as far as Tom Brady's concerned, you know what? You know what? You got to take it like a man, Tom. You know, you did something wrong. And at this point, to believe that he's innocent, you'd have to really believe the NFL was out to get Tom Brady and wanted to keep Tom Brady off the field the way Major League Baseball wanted to keep Alex Rodriguez off the field. That's the only thing that makes sense. If you're, if you're going to think it, think it out, hey, listen, what's going on? Why are they, why do they continue to insist that Tom Brady did all this stuff? Well, that's because he did it. They had thousands and thousands and thousands of text messages between him and the equipment guys for the Patriots. You think every NFL quarterback talks to the equipment guys that many times on that personal and intimate of a level? You know, and Tom Brady did something. Did the biggest mistake he made, he did something here where, you know what, it might not be so much about what he did, but what he did afterwards, where he made a mockery out of the allegations. Like, the NFL was absolutely crazy. He made jokes about it during press conferences. Okay, destroyed his cell phone. You know, if you say, well, that's just a coincidence, that's like saying Aaron Hernandez destroyed his surveillance system, and that's just a coincidence after he happened to murder somebody. And he was on that surveillance system with the murder weapon in his hand. Okay? I'm sorry. It's ab- it's absolutely ridiculous. You know, I know people are saying, well, gee, Greg Hardy got four games. Well, maybe Greg Hardy should get more than four games, too. The reason Greg Hardy only got four games, you can't go ahead and compare and contrast because they take these things on a case-by-case basis and whatever. One's a competitive thing, one's a behavioral thing. Remember, in years past, Greg Hardy wouldn't have gotten shit. In the 1980s, you, th- you think the guys didn't smack their girlfriends around and get away with it? And the teams knew about it? Of course they did. Greg Hardy wouldn't have gotten suspended back in the 80s and, and really the 90s either. His personal conduct stuff is new. Now, I think it's bullshit that Greg Hardy it, has a team and Ray Rice doesn't. If you want to look at that, you want to compare apples to apples. The reason Ray Rice, has, Ray, Ray Rice can't find a team right now Okay, it's real simple because you all saw what Ray Rice did. If you saw highlights of what Greg Hardy is alleged to have done, okay, he he went basically on a beating spree. I mean, he basically massacred this girl. He threw this girl on a on a bed or a couch that was filled with loaded weapons, loaded guns, dragged her into the hallway. I mean, not good. So. I know Tom Brady's got the same thing as Greg Hardy. And you know, Listen, sometimes it's not fair. It doesn't all add up. Just worry about this case. Tom Brady deserves to be punished. Does he deserve a quarter of a season? I don't know about that, but I don't think he would have gotten a quarter of a season if he just came clean to begin with. said, okay, guys, you got me. I should have done it. It's like a pitcher who's been scuffing the ball or a guy who uses too much pine tar or whatever you want to say. And you know what? There's no question also, on top of all this, that Tom Brady took a hit for the Patriots because people are tired of their shit. Tired of him stealing plays. Tired of him, you know, going back to the fl- uh, not the Flategate, Spygate, recording practices. They're just tired of their shit. And basically, it's the NFL's way of saying, you know what, knock it off, and we're not afraid to punish you, even if it's your poster boy. And that's what you get. And Giants fans have been waiting for something. What is exactly wrong with Jason Pierre-Paul besides the fact that he's an idiot? We know that. 
but we got the first pictures of Jason Pierre-Paul that were published uh, a couple days ago with his hand looking basically like the Hamburger Helper mascot. I mean, and now because of the secrecy and because of his sort of standoffishness with, with the Giants, the fact that he won't even talk to them, he won't give them a real clear update as to what's going on. There's a lot of speculation. I even put it out there myself today on Twitter. I mean, to me, the only likely scenario here is that he's really fucked up in that hand and he might not be able to play it all this year. Because, you know, I understand it's a personal thing. It's a health thing. You got you to gotta knock some of that shit off, though, when you're talking about being part of an NFL franchise. Because they have plans that they have to make also. Never mind the fact that you are, you know what, you are their talent. You're part of their product, whether you like it or not. You're making money with your body. You know, that may sound like kind of a cold way to put it, but that's just what it is. Your body is a resource, and they need to know what's going on with their resource. It's an investment they made in you. And they, they have every right to know what's actually going on. And the fact that he won't talk to them and he won't let them come see him and, and, and really let them know what's going on. And then comes up with that thing. I mean, he was better off just not sh- just, you know, staying indoors, not letting anybody see that. Because now the speculation is running wild that there's something really wrong with his hand. In fact, he's still in a sling, believe it or not. So, I mean, you know, guys, we're talking about training camp. We're talking about the first preseason games in a couple weeks. You know, yeah, this, you know, this is, you know, we're getting, we're getting, we're coming down to it here. Where you got to kind of know what's going on. I mean, never mind the fact that he's probably not working out at all. So he's probably not in any kind of shape whatsoever. He's probably not in shape for camp. But is he even going to be able to put a uniform on this year? That's the question. And the Giants are entitled to know. And you know what? I, I know people say, well, he's once a Giant, always a Giant. Well, you know what? He's not acting like a Giant. He's not acting like a team player. He's acting like a selfish person. Which is, which is kind of what he was doing by playing with fireworks on the 4th of July anyway. His rumors now have it that he had a U-Haul full of fireworks. Okay? Again, that's a grown-ass man, folks. With millions of dollars. And that's about as logical and, to me, as entertaining as flying to Africa and shooting a line and cutting its head off. That's just me. All right? And now, finally, and, and this will be the last time I cover these guys. Well, I shouldn't say that. It's the last time I cover these guys for a while. At least that's what I'm planning on. But in the last two or three shows, I mentioned stuff about Uber. If you follow me on Twitter at BCAKA the man, I have taken that company to task. They're not the first one I have. But, I mean, with them, it's always something new. And my, my deal with them is very simple. Which is, if you're going to drive for Uber, you better know what you're getting yourself into because you're only going to make pocket change driving for them. You're going to drive your car into the ground, and you're just not going to make the money that that they, they claim you're making. It's very simple. I've talked to numerous drivers around the country. Okay, there's a website you can go to, uberpeople.net, and see, and see basically, you know, what's really going on and not take my word for it. Anyway, in New York City, and I said this on the last show, Uber had a real problem. It still does. Okay? Where... The mayor of New York City wanted to cap the number of Uber cars that could be added to the road for the next year at 1%, which would fuck Uber up for a number of reasons. The more cars they can put on the road, the more they can accommodate customers. Yes, that's true. But it's also the more they can fuck with the price and try to strangle out the taxi cabs. They can, they can increase the commission they take from their own drivers and increase their own profits. Remember something. This is a, this is a company that has not turned a profit or even come close to it yet. And they're not even close to an IPO. They're actually overdue for one because they can't, they can't turn a profit. And if they open up their books, it'd be kind of scary. And I got into it with a couple celebrities on Twitter. Ed Norton, former Esiason. And you know what? Look, the most outspoken apparently was Ashton Kutcher, who turns out, besides being an all-around weirdo, is also an Uber investor. Imagine that. So I don't know what these other guys. I can't speak for Neil Patrick Harris or Boomer, or I can't speak for Ed Norton. I don't know if they have a stake in the company or not. There's a good chance they do if that's the reason they're really taking an interest in this. I mean, 
New York City has votes all the time on a number of different industries and, and, and what have you. Why are people so concerned about this? Well, a lot of times these people that you call celebrities are really concerned with just making themselves richer and they can give a shit about, you know, if any, even if any of their fans are Uber drivers getting fucked around. You can make money driving for them in New York City because the prices there are actually kind of reasonable. But across the country, it's an absolute joke what's happening, okay? And I've given a couple examples here. So um, a little bit of a warning shot from New York City to the company to basically knock it off. In other words, stop floating the roads with drivers just so you can continue to basically shit sh- sh- all over the ones you do have. That's basically it. Okay, so a per- someone on Twitter, I'm not going to mention their name, but someone on Twitter started giving me shit for what I said to Boomer Esiason. And I said, because I told Boomer, I said, if you're going to promote these guys on the air, you know what, you should take a look at what they do. You know, they, they exploit their drivers, they mislead them all over the country before you go ahead and endorse them. And Boomer came, and I showed him an article where which basically said that Uber drivers aren't making nearly what the company, you know, says they make. Uber's luring people in at one rate and then cutting the prices and then claiming the guys are making more money. When the price goes down by like 50%, that means the profitability for the driver goes down by 70 or 80%. Okay, that's just how it is. I'm not going to get into the whole math of it, but that's basically what's happening across the country. Okay. Um, and somebody asked me, what are you talking about exploit? And, and kind of went back and forth with me. And I said, listen, I, it just it is what it is. And I, you know, listen, a lot of this has to do with stupidity on the part of their drivers. I get all that. If you're dumb enough to think you're making more money than maybe... You know, you're, maybe you deserve not to get paid. I get that. But when Boomer Sison comes at me and says, democracy at work, imagine that. After I show him an article, you know, basically laying out what's going on with this company across the country and what it's doing to its drivers, i got to take exception to that. I really do. Okay? And this is one of the reasons they're having a lot of problems in New York City. Because when you do business in a town like New York and you are regulated, which everything transportation in New York City is regulated, okay, you cannot cannot go around making claims about driver income that aren't true because that reflects poorly upon the city itself and that's what this whole thing i think is actually about is is getting uber to disclose some of its so-called data about what people are actually making where the rides are actually taking place and uber wanted to claim that in new york city the majority of their rides don't even take place in manhattan which turned to be complete nonsense about 80 90 percent of their rides take place in manhattan Uber's excuse was you can never get a cab in Queens and Brooklyn and we're serving those areas. Bullshit. Most of their drivers in New York City are actually in Manhattan, okay, which is what people thought to begin with. All right? And this is the kind of stuff that Uber does. They just basically lie. They're a lot of drivers, they're a lot of customers, they're a lot of towns. Okay, in New York City, what they tried to do in the fall, and they started a small riot, they tried to make the Uber, X, the Uber SUV drivers and Uber black drivers, who make a hell of a lot more per ride than Uber X drivers, take the Uber X rides because they didn't have enough Uber X drivers. Because they either fired them or the guys just quit because they can't stand them. Okay? And so they said, that's no problem. We'll have the SUV driver. So now here's a guy in an $80,000, $90,000 car forced to take a ride that costs about 40% of what the rides he's used to get, used to giving costs. And it took, the, it took the drivers basically going on strike and having a demonstration at the Uber office itself for them to go ahead and reverse that policy. Okay? I got Uber sending cars into places like Hoboken or Newark Airport where the cops are ticketing the drivers and in some cases towing the cars. Okay, and, and, and forcing drivers to go to court, which they don't pay them to do. Uber will pay the fines to the drivers, allegedly. They'll pay the fines to the drivers, but they won't pay them to go to court. Okay, they won't pay you for the two or three or four hours, you know, they won't pay you to miss, risk working your other job if you have another job, which most Uber drivers do. Okay, and how about this? In Miami, Florida, they owe drivers a couple million dollars in fines. And it's hurting drivers to the point that a few of them actually have liens in their property. 51. This is 51, okay, 5-1, $2,000 fine, have gone to collections while Uber fights them. 51, the fines are not in Uber's name, the fines are in the driver's name. 
for and the fines are strictly they're not speeding tickets they're not for running a red light they're not for anything that the driver did except for driving for uber okay so that's not uber that's going to take the hit on their credit report that's the drivers five of those five of those drivers have liens on their personal property now liens on their property just driving for uber okay two million dollars in fines being contested by a company that claims it's worth five fifty billion excuse me fifty billion please worth fifty billion dollars you're contesting two two million dollars in fines Idiot your fucking mind that's like you and i pulling out 50 cents to pay a fine and say no i'm gonna fight this shit right now even santander bank one of the shadiest banks on the planet, by the way, ended its partnership with Uber to finance cars for their drivers. Why? Because when they made the agreement, Santander had no idea that Uber was going to cut prices the way they did, making it harder for drivers to make money to make those car payments. And Uber no doubt told them, like they told everyone else, hey, the drivers will make more money, but anybody on planet Earth knows that that turned out to be absolute nonsense. And a lot of drivers have been, you know, unable to pay their cars, Okay. That's exploitation. That's not democracy. Okay? And it's fucking horseshit behavior by a horseshit company. Okay? I don't care how much money you have. I don't care if you've won an Oscar. Okay? Okay? I don't care if you're one of my favorite actors like Ed Norton. I don't care if you played in Super Bowls. Okay? I don't care if you're famous for acting like an overgrown child on Fox. Okay? Or if you're married to a woman who became too old for, for Bruce Willis 15 years ago. Okay? I don't care about any of that shit. I don't care about any of that whatsoever. Okay, if you endorse Uber, what they've done to drivers right here in America, then you suck just about as much as they do. Okay, and no amount of spin doctoring or charity softball games or anything else you're involved in is going to change that. And I'll stand by that too, okay? They are a fucked up company, okay, and every day is something new with them. And I've been talking about it for the last couple of weeks, and I'm going to stand by it. Uber, driving for Uber is a flat out scam, okay? And if you want to be a celebrity, I don't care who you are, I'm going to go after you. Okay, that's just how it has to be. That's all we got this week on the air type. That you join us. Make sure you check out FableLabel.com. FableLabel is one of the top most popular the t-shirt with modern innovative designs allowing you to stand up from the crowd today. If you're not a fan of Fable Label, you soon will be. So, Facebook.com slash the air attack. Follow me on Twitter at BC, aka the man. This is Hugh Hef and DJ YRS Jersey Brick for Breakfast. I'm BC the Man. See you guys next week on the air attack.